Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. How much time till we're on? Ron, what? We're on the air right now. Oh. <clears throat> I'm ready. Good evening, I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's going on in your world tonight. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats for Kia. Meet your muse with the all-new Kia Sportage. Yeah, thank you, Ron Burgundy. Burgundy, I should say. And welcome to it. It is a Tuesday night edition of Sports Day. You've got Sats. And Jace here tonight, of course. Badge is on holidays, hitting the uh, hitting the road in his camper van, very much like uh, Meet the Fockers. Uh, Robert De Niro. Or could it be like Chevy Chase and Vacation? It's Chase. Chevy Chase. It's Chase. Mm. It's not S H A S E. Oh well. Maybe our listeners fun. could help us out. First argument: oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Imagine that national lampoons. With the lady on the top of the he car. He told me that, um, and g'day listeners. Uh, yeah, hello, welcome. He told me that he's going the Great, no, Great Ocean Road, Melbourne to, you know, towards Adelaide. And, um, and they're, in Adelaide. A, they're in a, a camper van that sleeps four, but there's six in it. What? That's creepy. Maybe the, the, the other two might be sleeping in tents out under the awning at night. Not quite sure, but. It'd be interesting to hear uh, when he comes back. I don't want to hear about what it. that involved. I think it'll be. There might be some more stuff going on than you can imagine. Okay, Woogie, I know I'm a week early, but it's um, it's Valentine's Day next Monday, Super Bowl. Yep. Which we're both very excited about. Yep. Uh, but it's also my wife's birthday on Valentine's Day. Can I ask you what's the most romantic thing you've ever done for Anita on Valentine's Day? All right, you ask. Uh... And to our listeners, while you think about that, zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. The most romantic thing you've done for your partner? I, I've i done nothing romantic for her on Valentine's Day. Probably not being home would be one of those things. Um, but I, I, I got a helicopter once for our wedding anniversary. That's not that's not the question I asked you. Yeah, but that's romantic. And we were on a beach, mm. just nude, deserted <laughs> beach, just swimming. Hi, kids. With a picnic basket and all the water went into the picnic basket. It was a disaster. Aeroplanes flying above. I didn't know we were on a flight path. <laughs> oh, you're romantic. Those poor things. Mm. No, no, nothing. Oh, I don't believe in Valentine's Day. Mate. It's rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. It's just that's it's for, for the people kids. who don't want to spend money on their partner. Nah, well, no, it's for smart people who just see it as a day of, you know, it's, it's driven by retail. Mm. You know what happened? It's the same as the, that kale farmer who, who looked down and said, listen, I've got all this weed. What am I going to do with this? And then they got they be got careful. To... People in Bondi at the moment who <laughs> love kale, and they, and he's gone. Maybe we can make out that this is healthy, but it's got no flavour. But that's fine because if it's got no flavour, that means it's good for you. 
They've gone, you're onto something, Bob. So we're going to call this. Bob the kale farmer. <laughs> Bob. Kevin the kale farmer yep. has gone, we'll call it kale. Why? He goes, well, Kevin, K, and my wife's name's Gail. <laughs> so I'll take K from my name and add it to Gail. We've got kale. The kids will love it. Same bloke who grows roses said, we need a day to get rid of this backlog of flowers. <laughs> of that, roses. Hence Valentine's Day. Okay. Was born. Get it. Big show tonight, yep. by the way. Uh, 0457 736 736. You can get involved anytime you like. Uh, tell us where you're from, how you're listening to us tonight, and what you're up to. Uh, obviously, a um, lot more Justin Langer news around today. Yes, no, we're not sick of it yet. Uh, but um, well, we, are not, we are not going to focus on it. Not as much. No. But there is some stuff around it. There's some great audio of Usman Khawaja facing the media today and because the Pakistan tour the team for the tour was announced. You so. remember, Uzi Kawaja was the one that challenged Justin Langer on the uh, the Ashes of 2018. Didn't play for two years. <laughs> That's not the reason. <laughs> that you love making that up. <laughs> you just make stuff up for the sake of making stuff up. Anyway, but he, he addressed the staff at Cricket Australia via like a video link. Yeah, he was very emotional. Is that a bit strange? No, it's not. It's not. If he had a good relationship with them, you don't get the opportunity to say goodbye to people in the organisation and. Yep. I suppose in the modern era, you do get that opportunity. So I think that's a good touch from But from according Justin to Langer. people, he w- didn't have good relationships with people. But anyway, uh, Cricket Australia's Nick Hockley is going to reach out to all of those ex-greats of the Australian cricket team and good luck e- with that. explain the situation. Mm. Who do you ring first? Out of all the greats who have come out and said something, I'm thinking it's Tugger. Yeah, Steve, Steve Wall. Mark Taylor. Mm. Yep. Shane Warne. Do you ring Shane Warne? Uh, you got it. You probably find it at the poker table. <laughs> and that's where you got to conduct the, the meeting. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, tonight's guests, Joanna Griggs from Channel 7. She's doing a great job on the Olympics coverage uh, for Channel 7 throughout the day. She'll join us. Remember we tried to talk to her last night? Yeah, kept cutting out. We're going to try again. She didn't pay her account. No, she was hanging up on us. Mm. Um, and, of course, I'm going to find out whether you actually did join her on Sports World <laughs> on Channel 7. What year was it? What circa are we talking? Are you still playing? Yeah, my last year, 2004. Okay, so we're going to ask her if she remembers you and whether you actually made some sort of contribution to the show. <laughs> and I'm, my suggestion is no. All right? And I'm not being nasty about it. Yep. But that, how many years ago was that? 18 years ago. She won't remember you. No chance. <laughs> Benny Graham, uh, the last Aussie to play in a Super Bowl, will join us live from Los Angeles tonight. What team did he play for on that Super Bowl? Uh, the Super Bowl 43. Was it Minnesota? Cardinals. Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They lost. How many teams did he play for? Three. Detroit, Cardinals, and Minnesota Vikings? Don't know. Or was it? But anyway. He... There's some homework for the kids tonight. Mm. Uh, he'll be joining us. Uh, He's in LA. Yeah, he, I said that. Live from LA. Mm. Los Angeles. Yep. That's what LA is. Just to let you know. Uh, and our hot topic tonight, and I like this, Sats. You're a little bit annoyed with Fox Sports today, aren't you? Well, they've ranked the Ford Packs of 2022, That what the starting Ford Packs would be like, with the Roosters ranking number one and the Panthers ranking number four. What? So I'm going to go through those, the top five, and tell me whether you whether you agree or, or you may know, just looking at the, the team list and what they're going to look like in 2022 season. Which forward pack looks like to be the most damaging forward pack in the 2022 season? I, I agree that the Roosters need to be up there. Panthers number four, and this is not me being a Panthers man. This is me looking 
Well, who's two and three? Uh, Storm. Yeah. A two. Yeah. I mean, they're always, they're always, uh, and Manly are in the top four as yeah. well. So, um, yeah. So tell us your thoughts around if you do uh, know that you're, what your forward pack, the team that you support, your forward pack and where it ranks, and we're going to go through that and see whether we agree with it. Exciting stuff tonight here on Sports Day. Rabbitohs in the top eight? Were they anywhere near? Have you yeah, got Rabbitohs the, up there. Have you got the list? Yeah, I have. Well, I'm not going to tell you I now. Can't, I can't believe that Manly are ahead of, ahead of the Panthers. And forward packs. Well, it, it's interesting. I mean, because oh, I mean, I'll talk about it later was on. Was this about... a staff writer at Fox Sports? <laughs> was it? Did anyone put their their name to this? <laughs> anyway, let's do this. Sports day, sports update. Thanks to Acme Farm Insurance. Let's get into a sports update. Um, what's this about Melbourne coach AFL coach Simon Goodwin? Simon what's... Goodwin. Ugh. Well. It's basically lit up the AFL world because the the shocking allegations involving Simon Goodwin. And when you hear shocking allegations, you think, oh, my God, what's he done off the field, away from the the club? But uh, the Melbourne's board was forced. That's probably the interesting word there, to force to investigate claims. You've got to remember, the the Melbourne Demons were the 2021 premiers. So you're talking about their coach, their premiership-winning coach. They were forced to investigate claims that their coach, Simon Goodwin, uh, his behavioural issues from – 2018 through to 2021, including claims of drinking, gambling, and workplace bullying. And the drinking and gambling is um, – they're refuting the, the workplace bullying claims from people internal in the club. But drinking and gambling um, with the players to a point where he'd be sitting with them on a, on a regular basis, drinking with them on a regular basis – Gambling with them is that is that a is that not allowed? I, is, what's I, I don't you, know I don't know what he's done wrong here, because yeah, some coaches all coaches coach differently. Some coaches have a a really inclusive focus towards their players. They like to be involved in their players' lives. They like to fraternise with their players. Yeah, you, there is a sense of distance that needs to be kept. But if that. But that wouldn't be the problem, not the fact that he's hanging out with the players. The mm. problem sounds like it's the fact that he's drinking and gambling. And what? Why? Why is that an issue? Well, he's allowed prob- to have a beer and a punt. Exactly. Isn't it? We don't know what he's guilty of to the extent. I mean, if the AFL have identified that Simon Goodwin maybe had some sort of gambling or drinking problem, that that was being escalated through his through the interaction with his players on a regular basis, maybe. As a game, they do have a a right to look after the you know the health and care of their players and coaches and officials. So, Did it get to that? Well, um, the alleged drinking and gambling with players it also caught the attention of the AFL chief executive uh, Gillan McLaughlin. He felt the need to step in at some stage, even went as far to say to Melbourne that you need to consider removing him mm. if the behaviour warrants it. It right. gets it to the point where it's it's concerning. Well, the argument to all of this is. Through 2018 through to early 2021, his coaching philosophy mm-hmm. went on and won the premiership in, in, in 2021. So many would argue that the way that he coaches and the way that he does fraternise with his players potentially is, is the right way to coach that playing group. If he hasn't done anything wrong and he, he doesn't have a drinking issue and doesn't have a gambling issue and it hasn't affected anything, I don't know what's wrong with it. Yeah, the argue, there has been some argument from some quarters as well. Just reading some of the feedback on Twitter today. and um, oh, This will be great. Well, uh, there's some that make a pretty good point. You know, it's see the AFL and the, RL, the, the NRL, but on this occasion, the AFL, they're propped up by alcohol and betting agencies. 
right. through big commercial sponsorship, which I don't have a problem with. But um, but is there not more to this? Like this doesn't even seem like a story. So I know NRL coaches. I've been to pre-season games and been in a pub with NRL players and their coach mm. having a punt, not drinking because I'm about to go and play. What, what's the what's the problem? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why this is such such a big issue. Now, one of the former um, Melbourne players, David Schwartz, has come out and said that Simon Goodwin has had issues with gambling in the past. Right. Again, don't know whether that's true or not. But um, but in saying that as well, is it got to the point where it, that it's affecting his personal life? And that's I suppose that's where the club has got to stand in and say, hey, listen, you know, for your best interest. And those that love you around you, we need to ensure well, that you're you're safe from a you know, from a from an emotional well being perspective. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Maddie, that's our text number, by the way, you can get involved any time. Maddie from Hunters Hill suggests wasn't the Simon Goodwin issue about bullying while out? On players and staff if they're right, in. okay. Yeah, but there are there are some from inside the club that have said there's never been any issues around bullying. Now right. Uh, there's going to be more that's no, coming. No, but while he's out on the drink and punt, maybe. Yeah. Right. And whether he's... You know, whether, I don't know if that's true. Whether you cross that line t- too far with players yeah. or stuff, what it may be. Right. But at the end of the day, they've won a premiership. Yeah. Abs- but, but is that the be or end all? Because it's not with Cricket Australia. Well, again, and you just took the words out of my mouth, we've got another sport, probably our, our most celebrated national sport, where you know, some of the performances of late have been about... Australia winning. No, that which doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't seem to be enough. It's about harmony with the players. Yeah. So, again, we are, we're continuing to see the shift in the coaching expectations. Oh, who'd be a coach? Mm. Who'd be a coach? Actually, we want to talk about Carlin Ponga, but I want to. While we're talking about coaching, what about Brendan Julian today? Talking about what sort of coach that the Aussie. Test team is who gonna, takes on who the takes next role. yeah yeah hey this is what he had to say a fair whack of his tongue is inside his cheek mind you I reckon it's got to be probably one of the easiest coaching jobs in the world now I mean the new coach coming in basically doesn't have to perform well doesn't have to really rely on the culture and all those type of things as long as he gets on well with the senior players then he will keep his job and that that that's probably disappointing that results don't matter now. Is it a worry that player power has such a big say? I mean, you know, we know where we were in 2018. Um, is that a concern? Look, I think it is. I think you can't have the players controlling, basically, the coaching setup of the Australian cricket team because you've got a board of directors that basically don't have a say. You've got the administrators that are prepared to go, well, just tell us what you want and we'll give you what you want. And that makes it really difficult. So moving forward, if you're getting into a situation like we did in 2018 where basically the players were involved in that scandal in South Africa, the ball tampering, um, and they needed a culture change. So all of a sudden now you've got an administration that are beholden to the players and the players have all the power, which is probably not the right and healthy way to go. Mm. Mm. Spot on. Absolutely spot on. Absolutely. I, I like Warnie was cranky today. Have you heard when of isn't it? he cranky? He is very critical. He, he, he was just blowing up about Sandpaper Gate and, and, and bowling cartels. Have a listen. Justin Langer took over after Sandpaper Gate, and we still don't know the truth about what actually happened at Sandpaper Gate. Does Cricket Australia know the truth? Do they? Do the same people know the truth about Sandpaper Gate? Are they hiding anything? We've seen that the the fast bowlers and the bowling cartel, as they call themselves, or or Winks and the Goat and all these unbelievable nicknames they have for themselves. These guys wrote a letter 
saying they had no knowledge of whatever's going on. Now, that might be correct. But if it's not, and they've done that, there's all sorts of whispers and rumours that we all have heard. And one day the truth will come out. Does Cricket Australia know the truth? Is it the truth that we heard? Why should Smith and Warner be the only two? Who knows? But the truth will come out. And if Cricket Australia are hiding something again, after Justin Langer, the Tim Payne, we can go on about all the controversies that Cricket Australia have just bundled and bungled and just messed up and handled completely wrong. Wow. If he knows more, he, he would. He would. If he does, he's he's got the right platform to tell us what he knows. And um, is that kosher that an ex-player like Warney, who has everyone's ear, it's not up to him to come out and 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 tell everyone what he knows. I don't think it is, isn't it? Not as an ex-cricketer, I don't think so. Well, a lot so of the ex-cricketers got plenty to say. Yeah, but. I don't don't teeter around the edges. If you're emotional about something and you got information yeah. and it's going to add weight to your argument, load up. Mm. Let everyone know. Hey, before we go to a break, um, uh, Kalen Ponga. Yes. We spoke about it last night. No, uh, we actually didn't get to it last night. I thought we, we did. We were going to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just, a, just about, you know, possibly being offered the captaincy at the Knights. Has it been official that he's been offered it? Well, reports are that the, the Knights have offered him, and I think it's a really good play by the Knights. It's basically putting the ball back in Kalen Ponga's hands, and also it's putting the ball in in the court of um, the Dolphins as well. Uh, he's got an option on 23-24, 2023-2024, Kalen Ponga. They'll want to know, and they'll have a date in his contract as part of conditions where they need to know whether he's going to take up those options. And so what this is, I suppose, consciously doing is – putting the, the focus back onto Kalen to say, are you committed to us for long term? Now, that's the captaincy for this year. So, yeah, if he accepts the captaincy, you can pretty much guarantee that he's going to take up those two options, at the those two years options. Why? Why can't he just accept the captaincy for one year and then go to the Dolphins after that? Because for a club that needs stability and needs to have some sort of faith amongst their fans moving forward – you're not going to offer to a, a player that's, def, that's potentially going to be there for 12 months. You're just not going to do. But he could say, you know, some of these players, like not suggesting Kalen's like this, but the, the players could say, yeah, I'm going to be around and, uh, you know, I'll take the captaincy next year and go. And then it, what happens if the Dolphins come in and say, listen, we want to offer you the – we want you to be our inaugural captain of our club. What well, an honour. What an honour that would be. Well, that's why it's putting it back in the the, uh, the court of – of the Dolphins as well. What play do they come up with next? Not only from a financial point of view, but what else can we entice him uh, to the club with? Okay. So I, I think this is a great play by the Knights because it's it's saying to Kale and you're either with us or you're not. And we need to know sooner rather than later so we can we can prepare for the future. Let me ask you this then. If he knocks it back, I think it's a fait accompli that he won't be there at the Knights. So let's say you've got both captaincy offers on the table. Yep. Which one do you think he'll take? come down to money? I think he'll come down to money. I'd, I mean, he he loves Newcastle. He loves the people. He loves how they they embrace him and and how he embraces the community as well. But for Kalen, I really think it's about it's more about the image of Kalen and and how off the field he can. That'll be the Dolphins. He can take advantage of of the situation or the or the market that he's playing in. Mm. I mean, I, I hope he stays at the Knights. I I, I want the, I want to see the Knights strong. Mm. And they can only be – if they take a huge step back, unfortunately, if they, if they don't stay um, – they, they don't keep Kalen. 
0457 736 736 is our text number. Do you want? Uh, do you think Callum Ponga will stay at the Knights? We've got a lot of listeners in Newcastle listening through 2HD. Um, what do you think? Do you think Callum Ponga will be hanging around at the Knights? Would he be a good skipper? We'd love to get your thoughts on that. Hey, boys, before we go to the break, been meaning to ask for a few months now, so I'm finally doing it. Uh, the Oh God You Play. Oh, God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who is it? And when did she say it? Well, it's Riley... Um, Riley Day. Riley Day, the Olympian, mm. Queensland Olympian, um, sprinter. Four, is it 400 metres? The, the, the story metres. behind that is I told her a joke, joke on air, yes. and that was her response as if to say, oh, it's the worst joke I've ever heard. It was, yeah. She hasn't got a sense of humour, obviously. No, she's very got a very good sense of humour. Mm. She's the one who worked at Woolies, yes. remember? Um, he goes, I know the story behind Wayne Bennett's hello... Hello? But this one has me stumped. Love the show. Was from Caringbar. XP text was, you can text us anytime, <laughs> 0457 736 736. She's standing by. I reckon it's going to work tonight. Joanna Griggs from Channel 7, covering the Olympics. Winter Olympics joins us next on Sports Day. Got something to say? Text us anytime, 0457 736 736. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Welcome back to Sports Day. Tuesday night, Sats and Jace here. Uh, of course, the Winter Olympics happening right now, Sats. Plenty going on with that. And the lady who works the backside off on Channel She's 7. She's one of the champions. She is a champion. Not only a great presenter and, and host on TV, but yep. tremendous swimmer as well. Yeah, she was. Mm. Well, probably still is. I don't want to say was uh, because she's on the phone right now. Um, Joanna Griggs, Joe Griggs, welcome uh, to Sports Day. Doing a great job on seven with the Winter Olympics. I mean, this is your eighth Olympics. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not the first time around the block for you, is it? <laughs> no, it's definitely not. But I tell you what, they're always different and they throw up different challenges. I mean, who would have thought we'd have two Olympics in the space, you know, and a Paralympics in the space of six months? Um, I know. It's kind of crazy, the amount of work and prep that's gone into it. But I think it just adds so much interest to the stories of the athletes. And, you know, even you look at the summer games, we're there talking about, you know, swimmers and athletes that hadn't seen their families for three months and how amazing it was. Most of this Winter Olympics team have been lucky that they've seen their family in nine months. Yeah, true. Uh, and all the things that they've been dealing with, it's just extraordinary. Now, Joe, we tried to talk to you last night, but there were gremlins in the system. <laughs> We've got you tonight. Now, there's, I need to ask your advice on something, but I might save that to the end of the interview, all right? Because I don't want to hit you up with that straight okay, away. Right. We haven't even formed a relationship yet, so I can't do that. But I, <laughs> you started... In my, my mind, we already go way back, Joe. There you go. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Last night, and in the office again today, Sats is walking around going, oh, yeah. Joe, I used to do uh, Sports World with her uh, yeah. on Channel 7. Apparently, you had the most popular segment, <laughs> NRL segment. <laughs> Joe, is this a load of rubbish? Can you deny that Sats had the most popular segment with you on Sports World? Come on, Joe. Do you know who we go Scott like way Sattler back. is? Come on. I cannot deny anything that is not true. He was incredible. He was always well prepared. He was great fun. I could throw absolutely anything at him. His knowledge was extraordinary. Things have changed. Uh, so yes, he gets, he gets three three votes for you know BOG best on ground every single weekend on Sports World. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, things have changed since then. So <laughs> we'll move on. Were you going to run that winter joke past Joe? No, as well? I'm not going to. Oh, hey, no, Joe. Okay. The Summer Olympics, the the blue ribbon events, the hundred meter sprint for the men's and women's. What's regarded the Blue Ribbon event at the Winter Olympics? 
Well, I mean, for pure, um, you know, purists, they would always still say the men's downhill that was held yesterday, it was the later day. So only because of the history of that event, there's never been a man that has won it twice. And there was one man who could have done that, um, Matthias Meyer of uh, Austria, and he did, and he got the bronze. So that record stays. And I think, you know, when you think of Tomba and you think of some of the names in years gone past, that's always been, been the big ones. But to be honest, these days, I think it's actually probably the half pipe. Mm. I mean, uh, qualifications start tomorrow for the men's and women's. And you, you look even, we've got Emily Arthur in the women's, but you look at the men's and you go, okay, you've got Sean White in his fifth Olympics. He's announced his retirement, going for his fourth straight gold. You've got Scotty James from Australia, who is genuinely a superstar on a global scale, who just won the X Games on the way in. You've got Harama, who you know, was skating six months ago in the Tokyo Olympics, and he's back, and they are just all in awe of him. So yeah, the depth of the field, we've got you know, Valentina Gaselli, who's 16, from Australia who holds the, the world record for the, the biggest air, which, you know, from the ground up is, you know, over 14 metres. And they're doing several jumps in that half pipe on the way down. So I think because it just, it's just, they're such rock gods, you know, of the Winter Olympics. If you ask a lot of the Winter Olympians, that's who they'd want to be or be like or meet in the if they had an opportunity to. And, and even on the women's side, you've got Chloe Kim, who, you know, she won two medals at the last Olympics, um, Absolutely blitzed, you know, I think she was 17 years of age. And then she just, she stopped. She stopped the sport. She found the fame just too hard to deal with. She uh, went back to, to uni. She decided to just have a totally normal life for a couple of years while she adjusted with it. And she's back and she's expected to absolutely dominate as well. So there's just great stories in it. It's, you know, it's exciting. It's got that edge of danger, which people seem to love in the Winter Olympics. I and mean, apart from curling, you just about kill yourself in any event, which we obviously don't want to happen. But mm. there are great stacks and there are great moments where you are just in awe of what they're able to do. Yeah, exciting. Can't wait for, for, the, for the half pipe. Now, curling, gaining cult-like following. It's one of those things where you don't want to watch, but you can't look away. Did you ever mm. think it was going to get <laughs> such, a, such a following? No, it's funny. I've watched lots of curling and in Olympic Games gone past, and it's always fascinated me a little bit, but it's so much different when you actually had a team to gun for. And, you know, our, our team of Tali Gill and Dean Hewitt were desperately unlucky because they had so many clashes that they lost by one point. And just if a little bit of luck had been on their side, they could have won. And they could have had the fairy tale that Italy is currently having, who have gone through completely undefeated and are ranked only one position above Australia. So... It, it, you know, I think they'll be great in four years, but because I watched so much of it, I actually went to a come and try me curling night last night down here, and I, I loved it. It was packed. There were like 50 people at the ice rink, all, all because we'd all watched it, and it was hilarious. The, the guy's teaching us, going, aim here. It's like, mate, we're not trying to aim. We're actually trying not to fall Did over. Did you do it sober? Just get the rock up. Were you sober when you did it, Joe? I, I did do it sober. Okay. Stone cold yeah. sober. And okay. And maybe possibly being drunk would have helped me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's too much like cleaning for me. I don't think I could do it, Joe. Hey, what's going on with the snow? Yeah, in like ba- it's physical. Oh, I couldn't. I can't. I couldn't scrub a floor that quickly. Um, but what's going on with the snow <laughs> in, in Beijing? Is it real? Is it fake? Are they having? Are they getting enough snow? No, it's all man-made. Yeah, right. It's all man-made, and that's. I think that it probably won't affect things like your half pipe and. Um, actually, it did affect the big air yesterday. We saw so many uh, you know, skiers in the uh, free skiing big air who lost, who literally, as they were landing, were losing skis left, right, and centre. You're definitely noticing it, um, certainly in the downhill on the women's slalom, and you know, even today in the men's um, giant slalom. You, there are some people who are really struggling with it, and all it takes is just 
you know, a little little bump, a little bit of ice where it's just a bit harder. It's got a different consistency. I've spoken to all the, the experts and they say, look, it just feels different. And so there, there are definitely athletes who are struggling, which is weird because they've, they've been known to actually be able to prepare for that. It's not a secret that Beijing was going to have to make man-made snow. But I think the um, imagining what it's going to be like and obviously competing on it are two very different things. Mm. Uh, Australia's performance, I was listening to your colleague Mark Beretta, um, uh, the, the hope for Australia with only, what, 40-odd competitors in Beijing from a, uh, a country that is just bathed in sunshine was four medals. Two already. You reckon we're still on target to, to hit that four, Joe? And who are our best chances from here on in? Uh, oh, look, we, we definitely are. I mean, I think, I think the really surprising thing with this team is even though there's only 43 competitors, We've had a couple that have pulled out with you know, COVID and uh, pulling out of some events, but they've still at this stage got 43 in the team. Um, there's a lot of depth, and there's a lot of depth across lots of, of, of different sports and disciplines. So obviously the half pipe, we're a massive chance to possibly win that. We've got um, in the parallel uh, snowboard slalom, we've got Bill Brockoff and Jared Hughes. So they're both world champions currently in that event. And then Jared's actually a silver medalist just in the parallel slalom. Um, we've got Jackie Narricott, who in skeleton. She's had her first two runs last night. She's sitting, I think, in about 17th place. Um, she just won one of the World Cup events coming in, so she can easily pull something out. Bree Walker in the monobob, so it's one of the new events. In the last two years, she has won several World Cup events and podiumed you know, another handful of times. So you'd have to put her, I think she's currently ranked number three. And then, and then we start talking about the women's aerials, which in games gone past, we would be talking about aerials, 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 mention one other person and then go back to aerials. But in actual fact, we've got both Danielle Scott and Laura Peel, who are massive chances of medals. They both won World Cup events. Uh, Danielle uh, won hers earlier in the season. Laura, just a few weeks before mm. heading to Beijing, actually jumped and got the highest score, not only of that event, that won her, obviously, at that World Cup event, but she would have made the podium in the men's aerials at the same event. So, you know, they are they are absolutely all a big chance. Yeah, wow. Okay. You can catch all the action tonight on Channel 7 and 7 Plus. I'm about to ask your advice on something in just a moment, Joe, before we let you go. Yeah, your research yeah. is amazing. I love sitting here listening to how passionate you are. Now, this is just off the Winter Olympics. Was it 92 or 93, Joe? Can you please remind me? Australian swimming titles, 50-metre backstroke. You swam the quickest time in the world. Was it 92 or 93? 91. 91, was it? <laughs> so you were close. 91. 91. So next year 30 years in March that I've, been, I've made the transition from the pool to TV. And what time wow. did you swim in 91? Oh, God. I can't even really remember. How bad's that? Well, the world record uh, now is—it's just under twenty-seven seconds. Yeah, you would have done that. Yeah, easy. I think it was. I think mine would have been like no. I think it was like the twenty-nine point something. But I can't. I actually genuinely cannot remember. It's it's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, Joe. It's only and long. These days, to answer, to answer your your intro, these days I'd drown in a bloody bathtub. <laughs> Now, listen, when you're not fronting all these Olympic campaigns on Channel 7, you're uh, making curtains, pelmets, uh, doing up old chest of drawers on <laughs> yep. better homes and gardens, which... Restaining outdoor re- furniture. Outdoor furniture, yep. bringing it back to life from, from a ruin. <laughs> um, and I've got to watch this. You, you realise you're the reason I have to go to Bunnings on a bloody Saturday to do stuff around the house. <laughs> I'm going to build an outdoor kitchen, Joe. I need your advice. Should I get a pizza oven or a wood fire or or a a wood heater? Go ahead, please. 
I can't have both. No. They're too expensive. Okay. I would I would definitely say at the moment the, the pizza ovens that you can buy that do everything that are much easier than going through a, a wood-fired pizza oven, you're going to have to light four hours earlier. Yep. Make sure that you've got your thermometer to check it's hot enough. Right. It just requires so much more work, which is great in the winter's day. But if you want a quick pizza on you know, an afternoon, I would thoroughly recommend that you go for the easier option, and they're probably a lot more affordable. So it's electric. Electric pizza ovens. Is that what you're suggesting? You could do electric. Yeah, I'd go electric or gas. Okay. Oh, literally, they uh, they would be the options. Right. Yeah. yeah. There you have In it. all honesty, they, I've got a girlfriend who's who's just built a big timber pizza oven, and it cost them a fortune. And it's beautiful. And as I say, in winter, it's great. We can sit around it for hours and light the fire and make sure you get the temperature up. But if you want a quick pizza, you've got to prepare six hours earlier. So it's like mm. it depends what you want. If you're after the experience. The wood fire. If you're after mm. something convenient, there's some better options out there. She's good at everything, isn't she, Joe? Bloody unbelievable, unbelievable, mate. unbelievable. Mm. Now, if I want to make <laughs> some new cushion covers, no, no, we'll leave it for now. Uh, catch all the action of the Winter Olympics tonight on Channel Seven and Seven Plus. We love seeing you on the screens, Joe Griggs. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Oh, thank you. It's always a pleasure, and, and lovely to chat again, Scotty. Welcome back to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. For Kia, meet your muse with the all-new Kia Sportage. Yeah, welcome back to it. Uh, Sats and Jace here for your uh, Tuesday night. Our hot topic uh, right now, a Fox Sports um, article has them ranking the Ford packs of 2022. They've got the Roosters on top and Sats, you're fed ink and fired up because they've got the Panthers at number four. Number four. And when you look at the the Ford packs in... In some of the clubs, uh, some of them got some really strong forward packs. I'm going to get to the text message very really soon. Sporty Gav, who's a Newcastle fan, and I agree with you, Sporty Gav, really good forward pack. Um, but I'm, I'm looking at the – let's look at the bottom couple of, of sides. Number 16 ranked is the West Tigers uh, with Stefano Yutoikamanu, who's one of the most promising, exciting front rows in the competition. Jacob Little, good hooker. Thomas McCarley, Tyrone Peachy, creative, which is what you need in, the, in this year. I don't, can't believe the Titans didn't keep him. Uh, Luciano Leilua and Alex Twal. Um, you've got the Dragons, who I think will play the finals this year, with Aaron Woods, Andrew McCulloch, Francis Molo, origin player, Jaden Sewer, origin player, Tarek Sims, origin player, Jack DeBellin, origin player. And then 13th, you've got the Bulldogs, who have been the, the most active in the market. Listen to this for a four-pack. Luke Thompson, tremendous front rower. Jeremy Marshall King, Paul Vaughan, Tavita Pengai Jr., Jack Hetherington, Josh Jackson. Really good forward pack. I forgot about Tavita Pengai Jr. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk about the top four. Uh, fourth is Panthers, and they've got three Dallium forwards of the year from 2021. Now, they've lost Luke Catewell. That's a big loss. But they get but Liam Martin goes into the team who's a state of origin back rower. Mm. So they don't lose much, do you, really? Uh, eels. And when I told you, you this, Jace, you, you laughed and you said, Eels? Are you serious there, Ford? What? Pack? I mean, they've got a strong Ford pack. They haven't been able to really capitalize on it um, in the last few years. A really good Ford pack with Campbell Gillard, Reed Marnie, Junior Paulo, Ryan Madison, Isaiah Papali'i, Nathan yeah, Brown. Right. Outstanding Ford pack. Yep. Outstanding Ford pack. It's what you can do after they do all that good work. Yep. You've got to be able to capitalize. Storm second. Roosters first. Now, Roosters has been judged as the uh, the best forward pack going into the 2022 season. Have a listen to this forward pack. Forward pack, not bad. Warrior Hargrave, Sam Verrills, Lindsay Collins, Angus Crichton, Tupanua, Victor Radley. It's a pretty good side. And it's not what you've got in the starting team. It's what you've got 
coming off the bench as well. Now, Sporty Gav is texting on 0457 736 736. Thanks for your text message, Sporty Gav, listening to us on 2HD. The Knights have got a good forward pack with size, even without Jaden Braley, of course, is out for pretty much the whole season. Mitch Barnett, Fitzgibbon, Frizzell, Daniel Saifidi, Jacob Saifidi, and young Chad Randall in the hooking position. Still got Dave Clemmer as well. Really good forward pack. But you, you really miss that creative number mm. nine is what Braley gives you. Randall's a really good player, but still learning his way to be a week-in, week-out first grader. Have you got the Storm Pack there? I have got the Storm Pack. And Storm Pack, they always, I mean, they always feel a very, uh, a really formidable forward pack. And they've got Jesse Bromwich, Harry Grant, Christian Welsh, Felice Kafusi, Kenny Bromwich, Brandon Smith. Or if you want to put Brandon Smith on the bench, you bring in Nelson Asafa Solomana. Yeah, right. So, you know, it's 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 not a bad forward pack. It, it's I, a really good forward pack. It's I think Yeah, it's a toss of it's toss of a coin, isn't it? Between yeah. the four of them. That Eels pack, I'm stunned by the amount of talent they've got in that forward pack. Why, Again, well, why can't they make the eight? Well, well they can make the eight. But why aren't they making? Well, they're making the eight. It's just they're not going any further in relation. Now, you've got to remember, they got knocked out this year in a bruising battle. Yeah, they did. Up in Mackay. You know, they were so close last year. I think they I think they really turned a corner from that game. But it's, yeah, they've got this really good forward pack that gets them up the field. They do everything really well. They're really aggressive. They've got to be able to pull the trigger with their their creative players, which is not, they're not doing at the moment. So, mm. um, yeah, I'd... Tell us your thoughts, 0457 736 736. Your team and their forward pack, how do you rate it moving forward? Mm. And we've got another text here as well. Um, one player I forgot to mention, this is from Queenslander. He says, Jack Bird, he could be the number 13 for the Dragons. Yeah, he's getting back yeah to it's that underestimated f- that pack, isn't well, he's it? He's getting back to that form we saw him when they won the comp for Cronulla in 2016. And, and he's always he's going to end up a 13. Whether he plays in the centres first or they start him at 13, whatever it may be, yeah. I think the Dragons' side is one of the most underestimated in the in the competition, especially hey, in their forward pack. We're going to get to more text in just a moment. I just want to throw this out there, yeah. uh, particularly for our Queensland listeners through SCNQ and SCN Track. Mark in Sydney, I know it's not on topic, but who's going to partner Reynolds at number six in round one? Is it Gamble, Kelly, Billy Walters? Uh, is it Tamar? Ma- uh, I... I um, it's uh, Martin. Martin. Yeah, yeah, he's been out. Uh, was out for a number of well, for twelve months with a brain bleed. Tamari Martin. Tamari Martin. Yeah. Right. Um, I think the number six will be. You've got Adam Reynolds is a really good organising halfback. Doesn't have a great attacking game just purely because of his age and and um, and doesn't take the line on in relation to trying to get through the other side. So you need to have someone that's got a little bit of more of creativity and spontaneity about them. I think the closest thing to Cody Walker. Is Albert Kelly. Kelly. He played well there last year, didn't he? Yeah, if you use Albert Kelly much like Cody Walker's success was really down to Adam Reynolds, the way that he yeah. set it up for Cody, yeah. and Cody used his speed. I think if they use Albert in the same way, I think I think you've got a match made in heaven. Didn't he tear a hemi last year? That's Albert. Did did, did he injure himself towards sure. the end of the season mm. anyway? What do you think? Who will partner Reynolds uh, for our Queensland listeners in round one for the Broncos? 0457 736 736. We better get to a break. This is Sports Day uh, for Kia. Meet your muse with your new Kia Sportage. Got something to say? Text us anytime. 0457 736 736. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. 
Welcome back to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. For Kia, meet your muse with the all-new Kia Sportage. Welcome back to Sports Day. Uh, Sats and Jace here. Uh, you can get involved anytime, 0457. 736-736. Benny Graham live from LA soon to preview the Super Bowl. Love my Super Bowl. Are you are you doing anything for because that's on Valentine's Day? It's my surely, wife's birthday. Are you? Oh, it is too. Mm-hmm. Are we catching up to watch Super Bowl? You're going to hang out with your wife. I'm going to the Sporting Globe. Oh, you would be too. You can come if you want. G'day, boys. Agree that Joe Griggs is a legend, and that Valentine's Day. This is from Jonesy from Wagga. Thank you for an oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. And Valentine's Day has been created by a certain flower company, a chocolate company. Agree with Jace, it's a non-event. Absolutely. Hopefully the Bulldogs forward pack is the best in 2022. Uh, weather, New Farm Australian through and through Sydney tomorrow, 31, partly cloudy. And Newey, a lot of listeners in Newcastle, 30 degrees tomorrow, partly cloudy. New Farm's products are formulated with the highest quality. Right here in Australia, New Farm Australian through and through, some more text messages. Can I just read out one quickly? Yep. Danger, our good mate in Cairns. Really happy the Aussie girls got up again today and beat England by eight wickets. Clean sweep of the Ashes for the men and the women. Zero and 14 England. Good on you, Danger, for sending a a positive text through about our Aussie girls today. We haven't had a chance to mention that. Well done, mate. Thanks for reminding (laughs) us. Uh, Glenn, the reality king, um, is also uh, message. Did you just cancel that off my screen? Oogie? Oh, I think I you may did have. too. Yeah, he uh, he oh, sent in a well. message about um, maths last night. We like to do a maths maths wind up as well. Um, but was, last night was the very first uh, very first dinner, wasn't it? Where they just ply them full of alcohol and just watch them make absolute gooses of themselves. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, Celine threw Anthony under the bus, of course. And uh, Holly, please shut up, as we don't know what she's trying to say. Um, and Olivia and Jackson are the favourite couple. I agree. I agree. Rightio. What else? Um, do you think Tarek Sims will be staying at the Dragons all year? Yes, I do. I think he's going to be a cornerstone of their Ford pack. And um, g'day, guys. This is Emily at Forbes. My bold prediction, Stefano Yutoikamanu will play for Australia. I agree. And South will get seventh, no higher. And the Warriors, the spoon. Wow, Thanks, the Warriors. Emily. I think we're underestimating the effect that Latrell Mitchell will have on that side when he comes back. But what about the Warriors? That's yeah, wow, that's a big call. Radio, this is Sports Day. Keep your text messages coming through 0457 736 736. The all-new redesigned Kia Sportage medium SUV has been unleashed. Meet your muse at kia.com slash au. Back in a moment. Got something to say? Text us anytime. 0457 736 736. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.